Uh, so it's you know you I know you know I have a, a very young son right now. He's almost eight weeks old. Actually, eight, eight very, weeks old today. Very young is the right way fact, to put yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes when uh, you know Anna are hanging out and he you know, she's trying to we're trying to get him to go to sleep because he he clearly is tired and he's desperately tired and he's crying because he's tired and. Uh, but that so, also prevents him from for, sleeping. For, for sleeping, yes, exactly. And so, like, I'll pick him up, do whatever, and then I'll give him to Anna, and then he'll like pass out. And I'm like, I, right. it's just, it's like, it's like the most, it's the most like, I don't know, like emasculating thing ever. Like, but sometimes uh, you have the touch, and so tonight, you know, I the my, touch. My kid, I had my kid for a while, and he was crying. I gave him to my wife, and he was, she was, he was crying could figure it out we decided to go oh like we'll take all his clothes off just you know they have him in his diaper like let him be naked for a little bit sometimes sure. that is helpful um but then he was he's kind of being a dick still you know as kids are wont to do they uh, don't want and to, i picked yeah. him up and i walked him around for a little bit and i had to touch again it was amazing it's a magical feeling it was amazing yeah i just the entire uh have you ever seen the uh transformers uh movie I hate Transformers. Oh my god! So no. All right. Well, fuck you. It was one of the first movies I ever saw in my life. Is this, um, so we're like we're Ultron or whatever cradles yeah. some fucking child. Is it's, this what it's you're about? It's not that, but it's it's uh, there's a there's a, a song in that movie called "You Got the Touch," and that's oh, all yeah. I was thinking. Like I was just singing that song in my head as I was holding my kid. Like oh, as, yeah. he, as he passed out, and then I put him back down into his box, and it was amazing. So that's that's my life now, man. I'm just like. Going back and forth between like being able to like keep my kid calm yeah. and put him to sleep, and then my kid just screaming in my arms—that is basically my life right now. That is the life. That's what it is. Yeah. And it, don't worry, it only lasts for like a few years. Fair, cool. All right. Thank God we have soccer. Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to. But we both know I can't do nothing at all. feels like days since I've seen you. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, it's raining right now in Minnesota. Good. Uh, Make some of the snow go We away. just got like uh, six inches of snow two days ago. Now yeah. it's 45 degrees and raining. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's clearly everything is cool in the in the environment. It's very normal. Yeah, very normal. That's one of the things that people don't talk about enough is how normal that is. Yeah, it's a very normal, very normal thing. Yeah. That's that, you know. Luckily, like we're not gonna have to deal, deal with because we'll be no, fucking dead. No, but we'll our kids, dead. well, our kids will be dead too. Well, yeah, well, but their kids will we'll probably be dead. Won't. No, no, we'll all be dead because oh, of yeah. all this Cause, shit. Cause, oh, well, is it because of the uh, uh, some sort of uh, Bible thing or? It's called Climageddon. Okay, that's that, what I'm that, calling it. Is that in the Bible or is the that? word Climageddon is yeah. in the Bible? Yeah. Okay. I know how much God knew we were gonna fuck this up. Yeah. So, oh, I oh I know that. You know when God talks about flooding the earth, that's a prophecy. Yeah. It's not it's a, a. He's not looking back. He's looking Climageddon. Forward. Yeah, it was it was just it was very slow burn kind of plague, okay. and we did it to ourselves. That's the that seems fair. Well, we always got uh, we always got geoengineering. You know what geoengineering is? Uh idea of like engineering uh, of in, geology yes basically yeah like uh it, it, and more broadly like our environment our climate everything about the earth uh doing so in an intentional and hopefully non-orwellian way okay like right now they're talking about uh blocking some of the sun so that our earth can cool down a little bit you know how sometimes you block the sun on your planet because you're fucking mr burns yeah They've also talked like a Green New Deal, wherein we uh, uh, try to, you know, uh, stop using oil. That's not gonna fucking happen. And coal. 
That's as much on you and me as it is on big fucking douchebags in the, you know, you know the, the big rich people, you know? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about our Patreon. If you guys uh, love the sort of the <laughs> shit that we're doing right here, or um, not necessarily the shit we're doing right here, uh, patreon.com backslash the Daves I know, or Daves you know, or sorry, yeah, the Daves oh I know. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Donate money to all of those URLs that we just mentioned. Uh, That helps uh, pay for things. Um, We are going to be recording hopefully uh, next week, hopefully next week, uh, The Damn United. Uh, We need to chat with Luke about that uh, for that podcast. Um, But we have have some other ideas about uh, other... other Patreon content podcasts. Yeah. You want to teasing a teasing a, a musical episode wherein we we only do like all of our coverage is just songs that I write about it. So stay, so the the idea with the David Martin will write a bunch of songs. Yes, and we're just gonna sing them. Me and David and that Martin will be the coverage. We'll just sing them. Yeah. That will be the whole thing. So uh, if you're into that that kind of shit and you're already not a, a Patreon subscriber or if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can log on to Patreon.com backslash Davis. I know. Uh, up your subscription to you know six sixty nine a month instead yes. of the three sixty nine a month. That's the best way to get. Um, or you know just donate at least two dollars or at least one dollar sixty nine cents a month. Yeah. Uh, that's the best way to get all the extra content that we're going to be producing for you. Um, yeah. So patreon.com backslash the Daves I know. If we do it at my house, I can drop in guitar and a piano as well. All right. That's all right. That'd be pretty fucking good. I'm fucking into it. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. I'm let's, excited about it now. Let's do it. I'll see if I can get... Uh, My kids even have a tambourine. You think you can shake a child's tambourine for a little while? I think I, I probably Figure could. that out? Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not unmusical. I just, right. I'm not, uh, I, I, I've never, I was never formally, instru- like, like, formally trained Trained in any instruments whatsoever. Yeah. Mostly because like, my parents were like, oh, that's what your sister does. She you plays piano. You play hockey and baseball. And I'm like, oh, and now okay. now we'll catch it. Yeah. I'm, now I'm like... Like my kid, I'm like, oh yeah, you're gonna learn how to play piano. You're gonna learn how to do all the instruments. Also, do all the sports stuff. Yeah. Like this kid's gonna be find like, your passion. Yeah. yeah. Just you pick whatever one you want to do eventually, and that's cool. So yeah, that's fine parenting. Yeah. But, anyways, uh, moving along. Let's you talk, talk about, about some soccer. Soccer. Yeah. We it's have, getting easier to do that each week. We have a soccer thing to talk about. Yeah. This week. Okay, so very we played against the uh, the San Jose Earthquake. So I'm gonna do the same thing oh. I did last week. Yeah. Everybody is everybody is showering a lot of positivity, a lot of confetti hitting a lot of ground here, and that's good. We should feel good about this. You, you can only win the games that are in front of you to play, right? That said, this was another, like, splinters on the wooden spoon lodged in the ass team. We've now played two of the worst teams in the league in a row. Now, they're on the road, and road travel in MLS is never a given thing. And for Minnesota United, it's always been a bogey. Somehow, San Jose has always been a monkey on our backs. We got that off. So, that's good, but I just want to temper enthusiasm. When we start playing real teams, then let's let's talk again. So, I've also bundled upon that. These are the literal wooden spoon winners. and Yeah, yeah the team we just played they is won the defending champ. They won four games last year. Two of those against Minnesota United, by the way. Which, oh my god. Um, yeah. This team was a terrible, terrible team. Uh, they did not, they weren't able to jettison much of their roster. No. Florian Youngworth, who we talked about, He's is gone. actually still on their roster. Is he really? Yeah, he was on the bench the game. I didn't even know. I thought he was gone. No, he's still there on the roster. No, there was no way in my mind that they wouldn't start him. But yeah. Okay, whatever. Uh, he's still he's still on their bench. I, 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 well, he's got to be ready to hang himself. I talked to one of, one of my very good fr- uh, friends who's a uh, Quakes fan Okay. from San Francisco. Uh, yeah, Florian Youngworth is still on the team. He's got to have a gun barrel in his mouth right he, now. He's just on the bench. So, Holy uh, shit. Yeah, so, but again, with all those caveats aside, uh, we won. You we, can, o- you can beat, only win. We beat San Jose for the first time ever. Yes, uh, good. We beat a team in California for the first time ever. We won our second road game for the first time ever. And more damning than anything else is that we kept a clean sheet on the road for the first time ever. We yeah. have never we have never even kept a team 0-0. Like, we've never kept a clean sheet. On the road. On the road and in it had MLS. Been almost, it had been almost like the, the earth had almost gone entirely around the sun once since the last time that we got any clean sheet at all. Yes, almost. Yeah, May of last year, I believe, right? It's a long-ass yeah. time. That's a, that's a pretty fucking long-ass time. So um, so let's talk about the actual game itself because yeah, there's it. a lot of good things about this game. Yeah, totally. Um, best moment of the game for me was Miguel Ibarra's goal. 
Uh, it was It was absolutely sick. He, the, it was off of a uh, corner uh, from San Jose. The team defend like Minnesota actually defended a corner well. We had, Point. We did okay Minnesota from the pieces, yeah. Yeah. Quintero uh, made a great run. He shrugged off Adrian Lima, or uh, not Adrian Lima, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Lima, Lima yeah. um, who, like, had sort of this ridiculous fall, like that he was like, you know, he, that he was elbowed or something like oh, that, yeah. um, and just shrugged him off. And Miguel and or Darwin Quintero is a lot smaller than Nick Lima is. Right. So the fact that he was like, like He's Quintero just shrugged him off was kind of amazing in, in and of itself. He um, changes th- direction fast. And then he made a great, he made a, an amazing pass to Miguel Labara, um, who took the ball onto his right foot, made a just amazing shook. That put the defender out of his out of his boots, mm-hmm. and then put it on his left, and he just made an amazing shot into the goal for the second goal. So it wasn't the goal that won the game. Obviously, the Quintero penalty won the game, mm-hmm. but that was for me the best moment of the game. Just seeing seeing our team go from uh, defending a corner to attacking and scoring within like 15 seconds was absolutely amazing. We've never we've never seen this team do this before. It's good, especially on the yeah. road. It's it's we we played on the front foot. We played uh, an, aggressively in the transition. Moved the ball upfield really really quickly. My best moment, and I'm gonna fail to to give you a minute marker on here, but actually it was a build up that ended up turning into nothing. But um, there were at least two to three consecutive one touch passes where um, we zigzagged the ball, even looking the opposite direction of the way that we were just gonna ricochet a pass. I, I know that that's not a very descriptive moment specifically. Nothing that you can say, oh that time. Um, but it was it was a statement of intent kind of moment that we're not gonna play conservatively, which you shouldn't against this team, road or home. You, sh- yeah. you shouldn't have to do that. Um, we're gonna go on the road. We're gonna play conservative. We're gonna move the ball really quickly, and we're gonna trust our guys to be able to get on the end of passes, make a creative thing. And you know what? Not every single if if you look at the passing charts, we made risks that didn't pan out. We would make a tricky pass that didn't quite get on the foot of the guy it was supposed to. Resist. But we were making those kind of attempts, taking those kind of risks, and coming off good enough, often enough to make it worth taking it next time. And that's aggressive front foot soccer, and it's a hell of a lot more fun to watch. Love 100%. It. Yeah, 100%. Wasn't perfect. What was your worst moment of the game? Um, it was, a, I guess, a collection of moments. Um, Minnesota was finishing in the first half of the game. Uh, we should have been up two or three to nothing. We'd see and, that, yeah. And, you know, that, which I guess speaks to a lot of what this team has accomplished in the last year or so because we go into that – last year we go into this game at 0-0 and they get the bounce and they get the goal and they, they finish and they, they win the game 3-1 to one or whatever, 3-2. to two. Right. Um, But, man, I, I feel like I could have counted 5-10 to 10 opportunities in the first, like, 25 minutes mm-hmm. that we just either – we either shanked ridiculously, like Lexi Gomez style, mm-hmm. or we like literally put it right into Vega, who's not a good keeper. We, no, just, no, we literally no. like put it right into his chest. Yeah, gave him. We gave didn't him even make him ones. have to like make a move, and mm-hmm. we, just, we and that's to say nothing of the it. ones that went nowhere near the intended yeah, which, target. Yeah, which was the Lexi Gomez style. Right, yeah, right. So there wasn't like one collective worst moment of the game. It was just it was just in that first half. It was mostly the first half where we were just. We were we were dominating possession. We were dominating the game, um, and we just were shooting it right into the goalkeeper, or just or absolutely shaking it. We weren't even like giving ourselves an opportunity mm-hmm. to score a goal. So, yeah. which, which we obviously we rectified, ended up not being a big issue. But that was my worst moment, like worst moments yeah. of the game. Okay, so we always give a give away the award for the most what the fuck moment of the game. So, what was your Oh, Award-winning moment. So there wasn't really a most what the fuck moment of the game. I would I would I would proffer two things afterwards. Um, after the game, the fact that this team has never kept a clean sheet on the road. I think that's pretty much what the fuck. That's kind of profound. Yeah, and then um, and then probably more what the fuck is Heath's uh, reaction to this team afterwards, where he basically threw. Uh, the front office, every other player who's played on this team before, and himself, honestly, under the bus by saying that he's never had a good team until right now. Yeah. That's, I mean, that seems pretty much, that seems pretty kind of what the fuck, right? Well, 
So uh, that was also my, my most what the fuck moment. I, I tried, to, again, to be diplomatic about it a little bit here. So first of all, let's say what we were all saying, which is, first of all, he's right. He does. Have That's better, fair. He does have better players. He's not wrong in that. Where he's wrong is in a couple of things. First of all, he acts like he had literally no hand in putting that team together. Exactly. Which is which is ridiculous. I get that it was a post-game interview. It wasn't meant to be like a biography. He couldn't go into the paragraphs of depth on his role in, in all of it. it. You know, how many of us would make asses out of ourselves if we had to give sound bites, you know? But he said it, so we're going to talk about it. Two, uh, the other way he makes himself out to be a fool there is that obviously, even if he's right, you don't say it. You just fucking pocket that. You just you just say a boring thing. You don't the, throw every single player under the bus. Yeah, even which, if you're right. I mean, which I mean, to be fair, like that is Heath's mo is that he throws every other player. He throws everybody else oh, yeah. under, under the bus yeah. before him. So I yeah. guess that's his mo. But he's at least, he's at least consistent. Yeah. Here, here is here is my big takeaway because all that other stuff I I chalk up to being like a. Not a slip of the tongue. He clearly meant it. But it's just one of those things where you look back on it and you're like, ah, I shouldn't have said that. That was kind of a dumb thing. We, we all do that, right? Um, I, that's my, my take on it. But here's the problem he sets him up for now. He has now admitted he has a good enough team to win. And so, remember, we've, we mentioned at the outset of the, of the coverage, we've played two of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. When the results turn south, and I expect they will. We're not world beaters. We're just not. When the results turn south and all of a sudden we're on the outside of the playoff bubble looking in, he doesn't have anywhere to go now because he said it himself. He said, I've got good enough players now to succeed. And what's he going to turn to then? It's going to be, well, we've got great players. Too bad that I'm giving perfect instruction and they're all fucking ignoring it. You know, like he has left himself nowhere to go. I mean, this is like your, your one shining beacon in the... Uh yeah. This guy is probably going to fuck it up train. Yeah, he's going to look really dumb when the results stop he's coming. Look really and dumb it's like, well, it's got to be on you now, He's right? going to look really dumb in three weeks when we get maybe one point out of the next three weeks. I hope I hope that you're wrong. But I, I, uh, Here's the thing. I hope I'm wrong, too. Like, I really yeah, – but people – like, I don't – I don't – I'm not Heath out for Heath out's sake. Like, I just – I think he's not a good uh, manager for this team. Sure. If this guy can get, you know – 13 points in, in these five games, or he can get 12 points in these five games. Excellent. That'd be fucking amazing. Right. And then I'll be like, you know what? He's whatever. He finally got well, the team he needed. It took him a long fucking time to figure it out, right. but he eventually did it. But but I don't we, think – We just got done playing these two teams, Vancouver exactly, and San yeah. Jose. So let's – yeah, let's, let's pump the brakes on uh, – <laughs> Including on, Heath. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, this, to, to, Heath's, to Heath's credit, though, he, um, team, he's gotten the tactics exactly right, though. Um, given the personnel that he has had in the first two games, I, so think, I think he's pulled exactly the like right the strings. That is the one thing that is reassuring to me is that he actually he decided, and he changed, he changed tactics between yes, the Vancouver did. game and the San Jose game because he knew exactly what was happening with he, San Jose and Schuler did an entirely different thing exactly. this time so around. That, so that, to me, is reassuring. So that, that gives me a little bit of hope on the – like to not be on the Heath out train, I'm, uh, though I'm driving that fucking train. Been driving that train for three years, um, but still, he definitely he recognized that this team needed to play in a different way, and they did, and they played in a different way. Um, and watching this team, uh, the way that that they moved, they moved as a team. That was the other thing too. They're that very was fluid a big yeah. thing that I don't think a lot of people recognize is that like how this team moved uh, up and down the field. It was completely different in both games and mm-hmm. it, but it was it was completely like in 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 you know congruent with each other right, and right. It, which made sense for the tactics they were trying to to uh to do so i guess good on him nope. what was your official scorecard for the game i mean i, d- I didn't see anything agreed yeah, solid b problems there again we got a pen call and a vr like vr corrected mm-hmm. call that yeah that's, we wouldn't get last year. That's how year. the system's supposed to work. Uh, Freddie knew star of the game. For me, it was Miguel Ibarra. Um, he created the opportunity with the handball for the, the first goal. Yep. Um, he had a, a couple shots in the, early in the uh, in the match that were saved by Vega. But then he had that amazing uh, uh, second goal. So, Miguel Ibarra, for me, was the star of the game. How about you? I'm going to give it to Ozzy Alonso. Okay. Uh, Ozzy Alonso's passing chart was uh, off the wall again. Um, I think... The role he plays in distribution is uh, critical, and it was again in this game. And obviously, he's doing the things on defense. He plays sideline to sideline. 
He does. Um, and he enables us to do something that we did. We didn't do it so much the first week, but we certainly did it this week. We pushed our center backs up high. Michael Boxall more than Ike Opara, but we were getting center backs involved in the attack, and you can't make those kind of risky moves to create overload situations, all this kind of stuff, if you think that if the ball slips past you, you're fucked instantly. But when we got a guy like Aussie back there, you know that you can take that risk, and if you have a spill to clean up, then he's going to be able to take care of it. Gives you a ton of freedom. That's pretty cool. Remember what I said about the man-marking shit that yep. San Jose yep. does? You know what really throws that man-marking out of whack? Bringing a center back out that they had no intention of thinking about with man marking. No one knows who. To, no one knows who's going to cover Michael, Michael Boxall. Did not plan for it. That's pretty cool. Ozzy enables that, so Ozzy gets it. Um, we have another Freddie Adu, uh, a Freddie Adu award for the next Freddie Adu shittiest sure. player of the game. Well, I'm going to give it to Boxall mostly because he was kind of at fault for most of San Jose's chances. Uh, uh, gave almost gifted an own goal in the first half. Um, nearly Alwando to match Donovan's record uh, for goals goals scored. Alwando uh, also had a golden chance to match it, and he fucked it yes. up. Yes, yeah, he again. 2014 to and uh, and and the team and, and San Jose clearly was attacking Wanda or uh, sorry, clearly was attacking Boxall. They weren't attacking Opara. They were clearly attacking attacking uh, attacking Boxall, and he's he is. In my estimation, the weakest link in that back line. Oh, um, sure. Obviously. And I I mean, I don't understand why Coleman isn't getting an opportunity to pretend to you know to be there. Um, I know Heath likes Boxall and Opara's uh, height in terms of uh, defending uh, crosses into the box. And for the yeah. next couple matches, that maybe makes a little bit of sense. But sure. um, I don't understand why he's not using Coleman in a way that he can like sort of spell box all, um, and then also uh, prepare for the, the team that is coming up against him. Because like clearly San Jose, uh, San Jose came into this game they were planning on low crosses, mm-hmm. not attacking on the box. And then of course, as a Minnesota team is wont to do, they just lost their shit and decided to just cross everything in the box. Right, which right. Worked out well for us because we had Opara and we had Mike and Ike. Um, Mike and Ike. Defending. The, well, the, th- but the thing anyways. was, Michael Boxall was basically as tall last year as he was this year, and we yeah. sucked on he, corners and shit last year. So, yeah, yeah. put uh, put Coleman in there. However, if you talk to Heath, and I, I don't have a real strong counter argument for this, but his counter argument to you would be: right now, we are on average, we are on pace, on average, to allow 34 goals by the end of this year. So, don't tell me to fuck with my center backs. <laughs> and like I said, I yeah, I don't have a real good comeback for that. But you have to I, – I can't help but feel we'd be in just as good a position with Coleman, but whatever. We end the season with 34 goals, and I'll know that I'm a big douchebag. Sure. How's that sound? I'd love to be yeah. wrong about this. Who is, who is your uh, Freddie do for the worst man of the match? The worst? Um, it's it's got to be box. Nobody else put up a game that was worthy of even talking about it. Uh, uh, yeah. Even, even uh, you know, the prior week you could have said Schuler was a ghost, for instance. But Schuler wasn't a ghost this time. He, no, he, he didn't stay. Really well. He didn't stay uh, uh, pinned to the left he, side. In fact, none of the center backs did. The three, uh, not the center, the mid center midfielders. Yeah. He played. He played coast to coast, and he got involved. He broke up stuff. He pushed forward in transition a little bit. Uh, yeah, he had a decent game too. So it's got it's got yeah. to be Boxall. So this this team looked like much more like a four four two two two. <laughs> There's too many numbers there, but no four two four 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 two two. No, four two two two. I would call it that. If I had to call it anything, I'd call it a four two yeah. two two. Yeah. No, that's what I, I said. thought. Four, I thought two, you suggested two, two. there was like twenty three. Oh no, players no, no, I did not say. Yeah, no, did not. It's like it didn't look like that. No. Although it all. felt sometimes like we were all over the pitch. You know, yeah. that was cool. Okay, um, g- good game. We should feel good about it. We should feel we good should, about it. Yeah. We should, but we have a much tougher game coming up we uh, do. against L.A. So We do, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about other United news. So, Minnesota United announced their uh, TMP plan. Um, what does that mean, so TMP? That's their transportation management policy plan. Okay. So, how they're going to deal with all the people who are coming to uh, Allianz next year. Um, if you are... To believe the team, 16% of people are going to drive and park somewhere near the stadium. I think <laughs> that's low. Uh, there's some sort of like uh, 45% will be doing some sort of either uh, uh, park and ride and or public transportation. There's a, an aggressive uh, 
some percentage of uh, uh, people who will be walking, biking, whatever to the stadium. Um, and so, yeah, so they released that. Uh, they also pseudo-released a bag policy, which is, again, basically the uh, the same, uh, the same bag policy, policy that yeah. they had before, um, with the exception of uh, actually expressly uh, disallowing uh, diaper bags, which is a whole other yep, thing. No, specifically call out, if your baby has to shit, <laughs> you better eat it. Yeah. Or you're going to... I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, spackle it on whatever. Just wipe it on the stadium. Yeah, that seems to be what they want. Right? So, I inserted a 10-minute rant here for me. I'm not gonna do a 10-minute rant. I, I always want to say t- is that people, if you are, if you are a fan of this team and you care about, um, if you care about alternative uh, transportation to the stadium, people walking, people biking, people taking the train mm-hmm. or the bus or whatever, um, reach out to your your season ticket representative. And let them know that bag policy is is fucking bullshit. Bag policy is uh, it's uh, it's sexist, uh, it's it's ageist, it's uh, it's anti-family, honestly. Yes. Like as as it as it is currently written, and they may change it. They could they could absolutely change it. They could definitely make you know they could make diaper bags a thing. Although me and Anna don't we don't have a traditional diaper bag. Like we have a, a backpack that we use. We have bags that we throw into it to make a de- to make a diaper bag. Which would, I guess, not be considered kosher under nope. you know any diaper bag policy. So um, I would say just reach out to your TSC syndicate representative and let them know why you think that is because it's it's important. I think um, there's a lot of people who are not who are going to come to these games and then be turned away because they have a diaper bag, right? Or they don't have the right and bag. There's not an obvious place, and, a quick and, and place or, to take it or, and check there, it. There's gonna be a way. Oh yeah, you can check your bag, but it's gonna t- it's gonna cost you half your season, half your ticket cost. Right. To check your fucking bag. And people, it, those people will grit their teeth and bear it for the game, and then they won't come back. Yes, exactly. So, I don't know. That's uh, that's the, my yeah. We I mean, we, we spent a long time on it. The one thing I'll say is that um, my bag, although it is compliant via size, it is not clear translucent and that is my colon which is how i plan to get most of my stuff in yeah they didn't issue like an like a specific policy about bringing things inside your colon which they maybe should have i can probably fit two diapers in my colon yeah okay they will come out used however i might just i might just sneak uh diapers and shit into uh into tifo then because Oh god, yeah, That's we can get anything in, yeah. yeah. If you, okay, so I'm making a PSA right now. Yeah, if you need to get something inside the stadium, let me know. I'll throw it in the TIFO. We'll wrap it up. We can fit all kinds of stuff. The in problem there. is I'm doing cloth diapers, so like my cloth diapers will sit in the stadium until Dude, I actually we needed use them. The, we needed a way to get rid of our TIFO when we're done with it, anyways. We'll just tear that shit up. You just use it as diapers, man. <laughs> oh man, what else we got? All right, I'm gonna have to throw that by Anna to see what she's <laughs> up for. Um, uh, Quintero Metanier were named Team of the Week. Uh, Ozzy Alonso was on the bench of the Team of the Week. Those are other United news. Uh, Dark Club board results. We talked about those last week, I think. Uh, Wonderwall board results. There were some uh, people who uh, won the on the Wonderwall board. Um, congratulations to all of them. Um, really excited for you all to represent all of the supporters in the in the group, not just your own specific supporter group. Just gonna put that point that out right here. Um, it was not really announced, but it was announced by other uh, places that Minnesota United is adding a U16 and U17 to their DA academy, to their the development academy, development yep. academy, um, which they still charge people for, which is also was a story that was yeah uh, out there in the internet uh, last week. So yeah, so I yeah. J- just to really quickly tie off on that. Um, the goal was always to add years onto our academy as the people who came in entry year aged into the next so level. this would have been u15 this year right so i don't understand your question but anyway we basically the, we were going to add it incrementally over time yeah that was always the plan anyway so this is another step in that i'm glad to see they remain committed to that goal 
I still don't think it would have been impossible to do all, all at once, but whatever. Um, as for the cost thing, you have to realize uh, if you're listening, you probably already made the leap of uh, assumption here. Having a cost to entry does a couple of things. First of all, it turns away what could be some of your best talent just at the door. And second of all, uh, it disproportionately is going to negatively influence low-income families, families of color, all these other types of um, um, demographics. Uh, I know that's nobody's specific intention, and you and I don't have a look at the economics that says this is why they charge, this is why they... We don't get to see that, it's fair, but um, that is the net impact of choosing to charge for an academy, and Minnesota is one of only two MLS teams that has paid academies. Yep. So it is it is not common. I believe that the they started with the U, uh, 12-13, so they're actually they're adding another acad- like another academy team um, because they would be at like the 15-16 age this year. So, and yes, they are charging, which is really shitty. Um, Christian Ramirez was called up to the U.S. Men's National Team. Romario Barra was called up to the Ecuadorian National Team for the. Uh, the MLS break that we are actually M- Minnesota United is taking a, a break during the international break, which is something they didn't good. do last year. So good. Um, and the team is also roof deck partners, uh, fish rack, fish wrap factory, West side and crazy old white guy communications on the other uh, roof deck. Crazy so old white guy communications. That's Taylor communications. Fish Rap Factory being uh, Star Tribune, also owned by uh, weird Glenn Taylor. So old white guys. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he. Well, they're, they're same guys. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he gave them some uh, some discounts on that stuff. So, anyways, so those are your uh, news. Other That's United good. news. Proud of our boys. <laughs> yeah. Tactical, tactical, What's uh? We got LA Galaxy coming up. Who's good? Uh, with LA Galaxy. God, yeah. So, um, first of all, Zlatan and Romain Alessandrini are the two guys that I would have told you to watch out for. However, Zlatan, uh, in the opening game of the year, he tweaked his Achilles. And um, I think it looks like he hasn't trained with him in the last week. I think he left training early today. I am of the opinion, based on what I'm seeing, that he is not going to feature against Minnesota. Roman Alessandrini is also week to week with an injury. Neither of those guys played last week against um, FC Dallas. Yep. And LA lost two to nothing against FC Dallas this last week. So those are two of the the most dangerous dudes, uh, and they may, at the very least, they they may be not at 100. percent They might not get the start, but come in as subs, and they might not be there at all. So that's awesome. That bodes well for us. Um, they have other players. Uh, they still have uh, Giovanni dos Santos. Um, the young 16-year-old, who I, th- I don't want to jump on your thing here, uh, Efren Alvarez, um, he's getting national team looks. Not not yet. He has, he's not been pulled in, but um, they've got their eye on him because he he's put up an incredible uh, performance here earlier in the season. Um, I don't know. I'm well. I, I'm about to jump into the who sucks stuff. Who who did I miss? Who do we got to so keep an eye on? I was, I was to say uh, so. Zlatan and Alessandrini have eaten this team up before. Yes, they have. Um, <laughs> You know, leaving people wide open in front of the net, they're going to score goals. So if either of those guys are healthy and ready to go, um, missiles needs to be ready for them. And I think with the actual players we have now, might be ready for them. Um, you mentioned yeah, Efrain Alvarez. Uh, he's 16. Uh, kid's a dual national. Um, he's currently uh, a uh, uh, playing for the Mexican national team, but he could transfer back over to the U.S. Yep. national team. Played for the U.S. national team for a long time. Um, he scored. Uh, this kid has he set up two goals in the first match. He's, he's 16 years which old. Which was a comeback man. win. Yeah, which is a so. comeback win. 16 years old, man. He scored 12 goals in 18 appearances last year for LA Galaxy 2 when he was 15 years old. That's incredible. Um, Scaletto is is uh, the manager of LA Galaxy now. Um, he's gonna find regular time for this kid uh and i hope so because he, he, he started on the bench against dallas and they exactly. fucking needed him yeah and and they and yeah they ended up scoring zero so 
Um, um, let me throw out one more name for you. Joe yeah. Corona was just signed by the team. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to talk about the Mexican connection there. Um, Corona had a decent start. He played a full 90 uh, as a center midfielder, even though he was signed like the day before. So that's good news for them. I don't think he's a dude that's going to exactly eat us up, but I think he's a good. He, he's going to round out that roster well. So that's one yeah. more guy I think the, you look for. The other player I would say that who's good, especially the Jet. Um, he, he he's, he's a, back in the fold now. He's back yeah. in the fold now. He had a he had a really terrible uh, knee injury um, during uh, his U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, uh, call up a couple, about a year ago, um, but he's back in the fold now, and the guy is amazing uh, national team player. So, you know, there's Elegancy has a lot. Uh, they have a lot of good. Who's bad? Who sucks? On I'm I'm still not convinced by their um, center back pairing. To be honest with you, okay. Um, Steris and God damn it, who's their other center back? I need to look it up now. Anyway, I'm looking it up right now. Um, this is a really professional podcast, by the Romney? way. Romney? Um, no, 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 no. Um, why don't I just edit out the silence while I look at his name? Felcher? In the meantime, uh, no, Polenta. Polenta oh, and Steris. Those are two okay. center backs. I'm, I'm just not sold on them yet. Um, and obviously, uh, we're bitten apart by FC Dallas, which is still a good team. The other guy that I'm not convinced by is um, Pontius up top. Here's the thing about Pontius. Uh, let me put the, Let me start it from a different place. They got rid of Ola Kamara, who was two years removed from being uh, like a Golden Boot uh, winner, uh, incredible in Columbus, and now he's gone off to China. I'm sure that's a wonderful situation for him, but he's gone. And then you have Zlatan go out injured. All of a sudden, you're left with Chris Pontius, and I'm just here to tell you that Chris Pontius is not Zlatan nor Ola Kamara. I think that's going to be a huge position of weakness, and I, I think they're going to be better with Corona and uh, Alvarez if he plays let get behind him, um, but I, I don't think he's got the finishing chops. Yeah. So those are my three dudes that we need to, you know, give the suppository to. Sure. How's that sound? Um, is there anybody I missed here? Uh, are you a big Tuna fan? David Bingham? Bingham? Bingham and goalkeeper? Sure. Yeah. I think, I think you could do better. I think David Bingham is uh, severely overrated when it comes to uh, U.S. goalkeepers. Fair enough. And, yeah, so I think, you know, we can, with the, the talent that we have in terms of, like, how we can shoot the ball, mm-hmm. I think we can easily uh, beat David Bingham multiple times. Well, well so. and, and look at Bingham, and I'm just going to read the, the um, back line to you in a four-man back line left to right. Shelvick. Polenta, Steris, and Felcher. Those sound like names that you make up in the first draft of your novel. Like, these are no-name defenders in MLS. I get that they're going to be high on Steris. Polenta was supposed to be a very big signing. I think yeah. a TAM-level signing, if not a DP-level signing, if my memory serves. Um, I've, I haven't seen anything to convince me of that. Chicago looked really good offensively against them, even though LA got the win. And then, obviously, FC Dallas walked all over them in a totally complete yeah. performance. So, so those guys I, need, I'm not convinced. Those guys need to, to manage Ribara, Mibar, and Quintero. And, their, and our center backs and uh, overlapping yeah. fullback. I mean, we're going to give them armfuls. So, yeah, okay. So that, that, that leads us to do how should United play them. How do you think United should play LA Galaxy? Right. On I, the road, man. Yeah, on, on the, the road. road. So um, I think that – so why don't we want to think about it this way? Should it look more like it did in the first game or the second game? Because I don't think you want to play – I don't think you want to dick around with too much. We have a pretty good winning formula. One of the biggest things is the fluidity. And somehow, we talked about it after the first week, we had great fluidity in the first week. People, uh, especially from guys like uh, Miguel Ibarra, who found a lot of space, Quintero found a lot of space, and then actually Romario Ibarra was allowed to drop back and find a lot of space as well. We actually somehow amped that up in the next game. Rasmus Schuller played the entire sideline to sideline. Ozzy Alonso shaded left played sideline to sideline Jan Gregus played sideline to sideline otherwise um, we still had overlapping fullbacks yes but then we were even allowing center backs to get into the play Mc, uh, uh, Romario Ibarra didn't do quite as much dropping back but still did something these guys were all over the place doing wild stuff like it was positionless it felt like sometimes yeah. so I think that LA is going to be more disciplined than that, and they're not going to do the man-marking stuff that sure, San Jose yes. was passionate yep. about. Yep. So uh, they're going to be a little bit more positionally disciplined. So I don't think you can do quite as – I think you need to be a little bit more rigorous in your positioning. Uh, so I feel like we err more on the side of what we did the first game, with tr- more traditional overlapping fullbacks, a couple of key players like our would-be wingers, 
Schuler, Mibara, and then our central midfielder, Quintero. Allow them to roam and find the game. And then um, i got to say, if we continue, if we continue to play uh, Romario Ibarra up top, he's not going to be able to be quite as motion fluid, go anywhere as he wants. But if we can keep those advanced midfielders fluid and everybody else a little bit more positionally um, um, disciplined is the word I keep coming back to, I think that's PBR. the way that you play this team. PBR. For what it's for what it's worth, um, LA is going to come out either in a 4-3-2-1 or a 4-1-4-1, depending on how advanced those central midfielders are going to play. Sure, sure. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Do you have anything to add? I've I've thought a lot about this. <laughs> That's that, that that makes uh makes a lot of sense. Um, the uh, bigger biggest thing, I guess, is is yeah, how Adrian decides to line up against this team and um, what this team can bring you know to uh, LA um, we've seen this team do both the sort of the the 4222 and then the 4231 and and doing both sort of the back and forth mm-hmm. uh, I think I guess really I mean honestly I don't know it really depends on how uh, on how LA lines up and who's who's available for them if it's, is Laton available? Is Alessandrini yeah. available? Because um, they're going to attack Minnesota in that case, yeah. right? So I think I think that um, given I probably see in this game less of a thing with center backs pushing forward, um, because I, I think if if LA has a strength, it's going to be more in the attack. So I think sure. I think you play a little bit more conservative there. However, I think their defense is poor enough that we can actually play on the front foot, play quick in transition like we did basically the first two weeks. And if we do that, our best defense can be a good offense, and we can we, keep them from. We gonna see Calvo and Metinier like pushing forward and making th- runs again, I, like we did I, in the first I think, week. I think that's a big piece of it. I think it's okay to allow. Uh, again, we have free roam among your Schulers and Quinteros and Miguel Ibarras, um, but I think we can play on the front foot and try to transition forward really quickly. I have enough confidence that again with Chris Pontius finishing. Uh, a, a central midfield that's still going to be trying to gel here. Um, I have enough confidence that if we give the ball over in a dangerous spot, that we can still mop it up. So I think we can play on the front foot here. That's my. I don't okay. Know. What's the Sounds call good. here? What uh, What's the score going to be? Uh, Unimpeachable predictions. I have a one-one draw. One-one draw. So the coming back down to earth yeah. a little bit. A little bit. One-one draw at LA is not a bad result. That's not a bad result. No. No, not at all. Um, that, by the way, is why that was my prediction for the game, one to one. Okay. I think this is our first loss point, but I also don't think we should walk away from it um, feeling too bad. I think a point there is good, and I think if you would have said we got seven points total out of our road trip to open the year, we would have given you unnameable sex acts to get yeah. that, and we will have accomplished that through and three we still, games. And we still have a revolution on the road. Yeah. So we're, I'm happy. So, yeah. All right. Very good. Very good. All right. Uh, so, uh, picture didn't happen for last week's scores. Uh, Chicago, Orlando, 1-1 uh, in Chicago. Uh, Columbus beat New England 2-0. FC Dallas beat LA Galaxy 2-0. That was a, that was a big uh, unexpected result. the Galaxy were supposed to be good. Yep. Uh, two, Houston Dynamo 2, Montreal Impact 1. You picked that one. Uh, Houston at home, man. Yeah, RSL 1, Vancouver 0. Uh, we both had that one. We both had Minnesota United beating San Jose. Uh, it was a 3 nothing eventual result. Good on us. Uh, Seattle Sounders beating Colorado 2 nothing. We both had that one. Uh, I had a 0-0 draw in D.C. United uh, versus NYCFC. Uh, Sporks beating Philly 2 nothing. Easy we one. We both had that one. Uh, Atlanta and FC, FC Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati getting their first point ever. Also re- releasing a T-shirt for their first point I ever. I saw that. <laughs> Dude, act like you've been there before, even though you. I mean, we we had a, we, ha- we had a uh, uh, you know what I think Grant Wall scarf, <laughs> but that was after five games and. No, that why well, that was through most of the season. We yeah. finally won five games. Yeah, that was more about being self-deprecating toward ourselves. Yes, than it was like this one actually seemed to like earnestly celebrate getting your first point, and ours was as much a joke on ourselves as anything. Yeah, and that's a nuance that not everybody gets about Minnesota soccer fans. True, and that's it. when I meet Minnesota soccer fans who don't take that on themselves. I'm like, come on, chill out. Yeah. 
Uh, and then finally, LAFC beat Portland 4-1. to We both did that one. Easy Correct. call, but I did not yeah. see that shellacking coming. It was pretty bad, yeah. Jesus Christ. Right, uh, Ramirez about, got a goal. He did, Superman. Yep. Uh, and a uh, U.S. Men's National Team call up. So. Good. Deserves it. All right. Uh, week three picks. Uh, I have Chicago beating Seattle 2-1. to one. I actually have Seattle beating Chicago on the road 2-1. to one. Seattle, best team in the league that isn't named LAFC this right. year. Uh, Columbus, FC Dallas have a 1-1 draw. 2-2 two, two draw. All right. Houston, 2. Vancouver, 0. Houston at home. Uh, Houston, 3. Vancouver, 1. All right. Bread Bowl, 0. Tire Fires, 0. Or, or, sorry. Yeah, you Red couldn't Bowl, have six. read that right. Tire Fires, I was going to say, <laughs> you went from 0 to 0 to yeah. 6 to 0. Yeah. You know what? I thought I gave an, a, an outsized score here. I said the Red Bulls are going to win 4 to 0. Somehow you've topped me. This should be a lopsided <laughs> game. Yeah. Uh Orlando City one, Montreal. Uh, sorry, Orlando City one, Montreal Impact zero. I have one one draw. I, I actually okay. think it's going to be a, a, a fun game to watch, but not two good teams. Fair enough. Uh, DC United three, RSL one. Uh, United two, RSL zero. DC United the only team that hasn't allowed a goal this year. All right. We both have LA Galaxy, Minnesota one one. Yep. Uh, NYCFC. I have two LAFC two. LAFC is incredible this year, and NYCFC has faded. Uh, NYCFC 1, LAFC 3. Okay. FCC 1, Portland 3. Uh, I don't think they get their first win here yet. No, no, but they'll have a fucking T-shirt for it when yeah. it happens. FCC 0, Portland 2. Oh, okay. LA United 2, Philadelphia 0. Philadelphia is really bad. I don't, I don't know how Atlanta doesn't get their first Philadelphia win is here. Philadelphia is better than their early season results have shown, but they're probably worse than preseason predictions that had them. Anyways, that's a long say way of saying Atlanta won, Philadelphia won, Atlanta not going to get that sweet they release They don't get yet. a win no. ahead of the international break? Nope. Oh, man. All right. And All right. I'm, I'm here for it. I love right. it every I, minute. I mean, it. I am too. I love it. But Trossi uh, uh, 2, New England 0. New England is... Uh, hot trash garbage fire. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. They, like the garbage won't burn. Yeah. Because it's not made out of real stuff. Uh, I actually have a negative zero to negative zero tie. <laughs> Do you want to actually predict something or? That's my prediction. A oh, zero, 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 zero 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 draw. All right. Uh, finally, Colorado uh, hosts Sporting Kansas City. I have Sporting Kansas City going to Colorado, winning two to one. Because same score I have. Colorado's yeah. more fun this year, but basically Colorado are. Sporting Kansas City from six years ago, if you think about it, without the good defense. So why on earth wouldn't this Sporting Kansas City beat them? That's fair. All right, so uh, we got some fucking answers. Let's um, do it. MJ asks, uh, what are eminent UFC fans supposed to complain about now? I still want Heath out, but it's not the same when we went on the road. Oh, there's stuff. What are we supposed to complain about? One, Michael Boxall. Two, clear bag policy. Uh, help me three. out here. Um, three. Um, if any one of our current uh, starters goes down, we're pretty thin behind them. Four. Four. Heath's a, a big Johnson head with throwing his whole fucking team under the bus from previous years. You can still hate him. There's yeah. still some hate to have there. Yeah. Five. Eric Durkee. <laughs> Just random ad hominem attack. You have any? Do you want to expound on that or? No. Just Six. fuck him. Uh, I don't know. There's this podcast. Basically, MJ. There's plenty to complain about. Oh, you find stuff, yeah. yeah. So, um, Shine Rival asks most, more importantly, my TDIK question: Are either of you coming to Loons over Denver? No. Uh, we asked that over. Yeah, I am coming. Um, I think uh, yes, I will be there. It sounds fun, but yeah. LaCribs uh, asks, so Dotson has been run out in each game. That's great. Give me another guy or three that you'd like to get some the same opportunity. How about Toy or Gasper? Gasper. Um, Toy is the one I'd like to see the most that has yeah. the least chance of actually getting that run out because as long because how are you? I think Gasper gets has the least chance of getting that run out. Here, here, here's my thought process. Anyways, central midfield has a lot more positions open to it. Um, I think that if you don't play Romario Ibarra, they're automatically going to play Angelo Rodriguez. There's no doubt about that in my mind. So I, I think I'd like Toy, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Gasper gets his run out just because there's other – if you want to replace a second central midfielder after Dodson, 
there you go. I mean, there's plenty of positions out there. A striker, we've only ever played with one striker. It's a limited opportunity. Um, but for, for me, it's toy. Okay. Dotson has gotten, what, five minutes now? Hasn't been catastrophic in them. Uh, we, we haven't said anything about our defenders uh, uh, whom we've retained. I know that they're on uh, loan-ish right now out to Madison, but Olmsberg well, and uh, I like. I mean, I like that. I like that uh, they're getting minute. They're, they're getting some time with uh, uh, for Madison. That's yes, really that's, great. That's the most important thing. Yeah. So for Madison, it's going to be coming uh, on March 21st uh, to the Twin Cities uh, for. Something. It's a black um, heart, right? Yeah, and there's gonna be an event at Blackheart. They're gonna watch the game at Blackheart. And by by forward Madison coming, we mean there will be actually be players there. Yes, uh, Connor yeah. Tobin, Neil Vladdy, like all the like all the all the, the really ex, cool the people, Minnesota folks, Minnesota people you that uh, you love uh, and know. J C Banks. J C Banks would more likely be there. Yes. Um, cash in. Uh, I think Wes Burdine and I are gonna like host like sort of a little podcast event. On the 21st for that, uh, and we're going to talk to some people mm-hmm. there. Um, but, yeah, so it's going to be a really, really awesome, awesome event and a really cool opportunity to talk to, you know, if you, if you are if you love old Minnesota United players, like, these are the guys who made this team, man. Absolutely. So, I, you know, uh, a piece we've missed in the – what should have gone in the other United news is um, yeah. West Berdine did his first um, drag show. Uh, this last week. That's weekend. true. You and, saw uh, it. You saw it I, in I was, person. I, he gave me a kiss on the cheek, and <laughs> I, I gave him a five-dollar bill. Crisp Abraham Lincoln. So um, I'm not going to say anything more about that. That's up to him to, to divulge. <laughs> but brave of him and awesome of him to adopt this bar uh, as a home for soccer, but to keep the queer um, element, the history of that bar intact, and to allow everybody a place there. I think that was a really important thing for him to do. So, yeah. Anyway, so so yeah, so uh, yeah, come hang out with us, guys. When we're we're at places, we we do really cool shit. Honestly, I yeah, think, really, that was the fucking place to be on Saturday. Yeah, I haven't had was. that much fun in a long time. <laughs> it was. Um, so you can always find us at uh, Dave's I know and then Dave's I know dot com. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, whatever. Uh, email us questions. <laughs> Don't email us questions. At TDIK, man, and that's where you should send your questions. Uh, at Texas Hours, where you find me. At Offensive uh, Loons, is where you find David Martin. David Martin, take us home. We're going to teach you to read one of these times. One of these, hey, one of these days, you'll teach me to read. One of these days. We are the Daves you know. This has been the Daves I know. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.